Hi guys and welcome back to the FPL Reaction Pod. This is episode 9 and I'm joined by uh, Max as usual. How are you this week, Max? I'm glad the international break is over. <laughs> as much as it's nice to see England play, I'm ha- I'm looking forward to the, the Premier League to start back up. How are you doing, Lewis? I'm okay, yeah. Um, feeling a lot better this week. I think I was quite ill last time we, we uh, recorded the pod. Um, I just wanted to ask any um, any 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 injuries or cards or what's going on. Do you know what? I've just come back from suspension this past weekend, and I I did play. I'm currently not injured, although I did I did tell you last time, didn't I? I, I had to isolate. Um, it wasn't ideal yeah. because they uh, they lost my COVID test. Well, they they made out they didn't, but they said the result was inconclusive. And then the second time I did it, I didn't have it, which was good, but. Yeah, so didn't have COVID, which was all good. And apart from that, I'm injury-free and ready to go. That's good. That's good. What isn't good, though, is that it's been international break. And obviously, with international break comes quite a lot of um, injuries and stuff. I think, ideally, you want to look at international break as uh, the way I look at it. And I still find it quite funny how I, in, in terms of how I look at it. I look at it and think, oh, the players get to rest. It's going to be a nice, cosy um, recovery t- of, 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 of a couple of weeks, and they're going to be raring to go. But when in fact they're going, you know, they're going at it with the countries, and they're all getting bloody injured. So, yeah, it's a bit of um, a bit. Of, it's been a bit of a, a bit of a nightmare, hasn't it? The past couple of weeks. I know, especially for me, I've I've got a lot of flags. I'm looking at a lot of flags right now. Yeah, it's the same with me. I've got a lot of flags. I've got. It's just waiting for news at the moment. You're sitting in there kind of in the lurch, not knowing what's going to happen. So I'm very much waiting for the press conferences this week to just kind of put my mind to bed and just show, to give some, take away those flags. Um, yeah. But yeah, that does that is going to impact, of course, our you know plans ahead because if we might have to make a last minute transfer should a player or a few players be injured. Yeah. Um, so what I just wanted to mention, um, firstly, is that obviously... You know, me and me and me and Max have been um, creating our own uh, Twitter page for the pod, so we can post out the pick free. We can post out, you know, stuff like dodgy differential polls. Um, you know, just general chit chat on Twitter, and um, you'll find us now. So we're we're called the FPL Max Reaction Podcast. So a little bit of a blend of both of our Twitter names. Um, so the username is at FPL, all caps, uh, capital M for Max Reaction. So at FPL, Max Reaction. And that's our username for our brand new page on Twitter that we haven't released yet. But by the time that you've probably listened to this, um, it'll be out there. Um, so, yeah, go check that page out. Uh, give us a follow. And, and yeah, all obviously retweets and stuff appreciated as well, just to sort of grow the page a little bit more and, get it to where me and Max want it. Uh, but yeah, in terms of episode nine, in terms of right now, uh, we're going to cover game week seven review quickly, briefly. We're going to look at fixtures to target going forward um, over the next three to four matches. Um, we're going to look at the, the best wildcard picks, uh, me and Max, and then we're going to look forward to game week eight and preview preview that with the captaincies, our own individual plans and stuff, um, and so on. So, Max, briefly, uh, we're going to touch upon this briefly because I don't think everyone wants to hear how um, how badly we've done in, in game week seven. Well, I'm guessing it was a bad one because it was a pretty rough, um, pretty rough week overall, I think, for many players. Uh, so, yeah, game week seven, how did we go? 
<laughs> so I got a rank rise actually. So I got 184k rank rise to 496k. So I finished. <sighs> I finished up on 51 points in the end. What? Um, so <clears throat> currently, out of my team, I had seven players blank. So if I go, for, I have Sanchez and goal who got the clean sheet. Creswell, he conceded two, so one point. Rudiger, mm. two points. White, seven points. So that's one player that returned. Rafinha, three points. Odegaard, three points. Fernandez, who was my captain, ended up kind of working out. Well, it kind of worked out in the end. I got 10 points. Salah, 13. Now, yeah, obviously that would have been a better captain pick, but, mm. you know, I don't think many would have suspected. Well, I guess now we should suspect it. We know what Salah can do, but mm. yeah, brilliant performance by him. Um, Yota, Antonio and Tony all having two points. So yeah, it was not a very good week, but I managed to scrape the kind of 50 point mark that I always kind of, I've been trying to set myself this uh, season as a kind of minimum. Um, but yeah, a lot of blanks um, and quite unfortunate in the end, but I'll accept that, you know, it's a rank rise and it's in the positive yeah. direction. Well, so, I mean, what was that? Was it 400k now you've pushed up to? Yeah, 496k. That's a nice rise. I mean, can compared to my week where... So, I, I returned 38 points. It was horrific. It was the... I can't, was it worse than my game week? Oh, no. So, game week six was 39 points and game week seven was 38 points. So, I mean, it was actually worse than the week that I said... It was the worst week I've ever had. So I've had two pretty horrific weeks now. So 38 points. I only had returns from um, Sanchez, from Brighton, and Salah. So it was a pretty horrendous week overall. Uh, Marcel got a bonus point for nothing. Um, Shaw, obviously disappointing as usual. Sissoko came on for Bamford. Trent didn't play. So Williams uh, Williams didn't come on. No, sorry, it was Traore. So... He actually didn't start. I think he he only got one point because he came on for 10 seconds on the 95th, 3rd, 4th minute. So, um, so yeah, Sissoko with the two points. Antonio Ronaldo. Ronaldo's my captain. They both blank. So, pretty uh, pretty horrific week. And it just can't get worse for me at the moment. Well, I said that last week. And, you know, here we are. It's, it is worse. Things can only get better, Lewis. <laughs> Come on, it can't be a third in, the, in a row. So, that's, um, that's pushed me down to 900k. Um, obviously... Not where I want to be. Um, terrible, terrible starts to the season. Um, although obviously, you know, a lot of things, a lot of lessons that I learned, I didn't carry into the season with, you know, the Chelsea bias, the taking hits because I've not took a hit yet. Um, that may change, but we'll see. Um, so yeah, just a, a not great week, and, and just looking to looking to really push on next week, and it's going to be so difficult now because obviously, you know, I've used my wild card. Max, you've used yours. Um, so it's going to be really interesting to see how we intend on, you know, trying to claw some of that ground back, uh, which you did last week. Um, so obviously, Max, you had a, I mean, that's a pretty good week, 100 something K rise. That's what you, that's what you want weekly now, isn't it? You want to be making those big uh, weekly gains now, don't you? Especially, you know, in the hundred thousands and stuff. Yeah, I think I was a, a little bit fortunate in the sense that a lot of people did not return very well. I think the average overall in FPL that week was, was 38. Um, 
So yeah, I just want to just even if it's small green arrows, you know, sometimes you've got to accept what it is. But yeah, hopefully this week I can gain again. It's just kind of balancing, isn't it? The the key having the key players, but also to get that rank rise. Sometimes we, you do need that that kind of more differential player. Exactly. Um. So obviously, it, there's a lot of fixture changes coming up. Um, game week seven was the the week that. You know that a lot of people were planning to use the wild card. Um, a lot of people now looking to use it in game week eight. I just want to talk to you about some of the fixture swings that we've got coming up. Um, who, without naming players, because we'll move on to that after this section, the uh, the, the you know the the, the fixtures section. Um, who are you looking at uh, fixture wise now? Who 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 do you who do you think maybe is going under the radar? Um, who are obvious? You know. Who who should who should we be sort of targeting fixtures wise? Well, straight away, I, the two teams that jump out are Chelsea and City. Um, yeah, Chelsea, Brentford, Norwich, Newcastle, Burnley in the next four. Uh, Man City, okay, the Burnley, Brighton, Crystal Palace, and United. Um, mm. Okay, maybe United, but you know, I think them two teams are the the initial jumping out. Also, Brentford. Um, Okay, they've got Chelsea this this week, but we, as we've said in the past in previous podcasts, you know, they're they're doing it against everyone in terms of their performances. And then after Chelsea, they've got Leicester, Burnley, Norwich, Newcastle, who I believe that you know they could could return in. So yeah, they're the three teams at the moment that are kind of fixture runs that look decent to me that I would be considering players if I haven't got any currently. For sure, I think I, I think I've got to agree that Chelsea and City are pretty obvious, aren't they? They're they're sort of they are the teams that you want to be looking at because of that um, that that run. Um, Leeds are currently on a on a good run, uh, a good run of fixtures. You know they've got Southampton, Wolves, Norwich, uh, and Leicester. If we're looking at that as a good fixture, um, I do like Leeds fixtures. The only problem is obviously. Uh, you know that their star players. You know the players that you would be looking at in terms of value and stuff. Bamford, he's currently injured. Uh, Rafinha, there's rumours that he's playing the third game for Brazil. So, in in terms of players, although the fixtures are great for Leeds, it, it's a question of are they worth targeting? So that's it. That's obviously something different to what you've mentioned. Um, do we think Arsenal fixtures justify? Um, looking at in terms of assets, what do you think as an Arsenal fan? I would say so. I mean, last the last game we played was against Brighton. Of course, we got the draw, a nil-nil draw. But I think as we can, you know, we can appreciate Brighton's current form and where they are this season. I think you know, and they could have they could have won that game against us. So, and looking at the fixtures, I know you know Crystal Palace, Aston Villa, Leicester, um, Watford. For me, I think we can, you know, we've seen some recent form as of late um, with our attacking players. And I think the difference with Arsenal is we have got a lot of our players are quite reasonably priced. Mm. Um, so, of course, you know, you're looking for the big hitters, but also some of them players that are slightly cheaper that you could probably take a punt on. Um, yeah. I've got, you know, Smith Rowe's quite a good price um, and you've got a few others at a similar sort of price bracket that could be a good punt. I also do really like the Southampton fixtures. Obviously, we won't go on to players just yet and spend too much of a focus on on them. But I, I, I would really, I'd probably be tempted to look at Southampton as well because they play Leeds, Burnley, Watford, Villa and Norwich. Um, so, yeah, we, we know the main ones. Um, we know the main ones to look at. We want the Chelsea. We want Chelsea players. We want City players. Uh, we, and then, obviously, 
differential maybe in Southampton and Arsenal. Um, let's just move on to players now. Um, obviously, again, there's a lot of wildcarders out there, but there's a lot of people who have used their wildcard. So if, for the people obviously with the transfers as well, looking to change their team up, who are we targeting now? Who, who should we be having in our teams moving forward um, now that we've, you know, now that we've just discussed the uh, the fixtures briefly? Um, let's go through some options. It's difficult in the sense that the two teams that we kind of mentioned predominantly were Chelsea and City, and some of these two these two teams, of course, you know, it's not guaranteed, and which players are going to play. Um, yeah. If I look, if we take a look at the defence first and look at some assets that I feel that you know are pretty much confirmed. Um, for me, the two players that I would consider are Rudiger and Cancelo. Now, both of them are, you know, they're not the cheapest, but then you know, like many people have, Shaw, which I got rid of last week. You know, I think nearly fifty percent ownership he had at one point. Um, you know, he's five point five, and I know these players have just slightly gone up in price, but Cancelo was the Highest scoring FPL player in September with 30 points. Um, and I feel like he's kind of guaranteed in that City lineup. And if we look at City's, you know, next, let's say, three fixtures, let's say they don't keep a clean sheet against United, you know, you would expect them to keep a clean sheet against Burnley, Brighton, and Palace. So yeah. you're talking six points straight away. And, and, and that's one of the things that, you know, we always consider, you know, for an attacker, you know, that's for a striker, that's a, that's a goal. Um, so, and of course, Cancelo has also got the kind of potential for attacking returns. So, mm. just to start it off for me, yeah, them two players from a defensive point of view look it's players that I'd be considering for sure. I think they do. They do feel. If I was on a wild card, a hundred percent, I would be. I would be looking at. Um, obviously, we'll mention our own individual plans later. But if I didn't have, uh, if I didn't have Rudiger, I'd probably want him. And if I didn't have Cancelo, I'd probably want him. In terms of. Some of the best picks. I think you've pretty much nailed the priorities there. I think my personally, the priorities for me would be to have a, a Chelsea defender in and a Man City defender in. So again, you look at Rudiger. He's what five point six. You compare that to Diaz, who's six point one. So there's a zero point five million gap in between Rudiger and Diaz, and I just feel like. They're, they're very there's a, there's a high chance they both score a similar m- amount of points. Um, so if, if listeners aren't hearing the name Diaz from any of us, I feel like that's why because Rudy could probably score the same amount of points in in, in terms of uh, clean sheets because I mean that they okay they've got some threat you know we've seen Rudiger make solo runs in the opponent's half we've seen Diaz in the box at corners putting them in but they're very sort of they're very nailed, aren't they? They're very nailed. They 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 both they both don't really get rotated, uh, but they're also not very attacking. So it it feels to me like I probably wouldn't have both of them. I'd probably have one of them, and if I was going to have to pick it, it'd probably be Rudiger based on price. What do you think about that? It's a difficult one. It depends how your how your sides kind of set up. I mean, if you, I wouldn't, I, I yeah. In terms of Diaz, I probably wouldn't go for. Maybe if if you wanted to have oh, if a City player, of course, we just, you know, I just mentioned Cancelo. But, mm. I mean, Rudiger makes sense in the sense it because, you know, he's cheaper and he's got, you know, four clean sheets out of six games so far. Um, and 
he did get a goal as well. And I would say, I know we don't look at defenders' main centre-backs for their kind of attacking potential, but mm. I think, like you said, you know, Rudiger does sometimes like to wander out of the Chelsea oh, yeah. defence with his runs mm. and he can some on corners and sometimes he kind of finds himself around the kind of edge of the box sometimes. And yeah, he has got that potential to get a, a goal here or there. So yeah. that would de- I would definitely agree with you on that, to be perfectly honest. Obviously, Cancelo, he's, he's the sort of player that... So I, I feel like if you've got Rudiger in your team already, I would probably look for a, a, a city um, a city defender next. I, I feel mm. like one of each would probably be the way I go or the way I prioritise it. So for me, obviously we just discussed uh, Diaz. I would probably go for Cancelo like you. I think he's is he six point one or six point two now? I think he put the I think he took a price rise, didn't he, midweek to six point two. Um, yeah, he's six point two at the moment. So he's obviously he's I think he's the highest um point scorer among defend amongst defenders in FPL at the moment. And I think he's actually Man City's highest um point scorer uh, since the start of the season, full stop. So he's flying at the moment, Cancelo's flying and obviously one of the uh, one of the biggest sort of worries of last year was because I remember I think you owned him at a similar time, Max, where you know, where everyone sort of owned Cancelo and he went on this huge run of scoring, scoring, assisting and getting clean sheets. But then he was just sort of rotated out of nowhere and he just sort of fell off, didn't he? Yeah, and I think this season I feel, I know, because of course City's def- defensive options are not as, they had, you, you had the potential of Mendy, you know, coming in here and there. And I know they've got Sinchenko as well, but of course, you know, doesn't yeah, Mendy, yeah. Won't, Mendy won't be coming on. So, um, yeah, I think with Cancelo, I feel like he's he seems to have gained that trust. I mean, I feel like, I think Pep's said in the past about how he's, you know, such a great athlete. And you can see that the way, you know, way he plays the game and the amount of minutes he kind of plays. Um, so, yeah, I feel like he's he's one of those players that I know he's, a, he's 6.2 million, but like you said, in terms of City's kind of highest point scorer and as I mentioned earlier, you know, the highest point scorer of FPL in September. So and I think City's fixtures, you would expect that there's potential for him to also get an assist in the in the coming fixtures as well. So again, just want to obviously highlight how good Cancelo is. He is so good, isn't he? And I think he he's like, you know, he's he's I think he started every game um for Man City in the Premier League and Champions League so far and I just think if you're looking at C it's so hard not to look at Cancelo isn't it he's just such a good player and also like you mentioned they're restricted um, in terms of options so uh, so yeah I just think they they would be my priority um, for for sort of immediate to come into my team and that that would be Rudiger and Cancelo Um, now we look at the attack. We look, let's flip it over and let's look at the Chelsea attackers and the City attackers. Any thoughts around those players? For me, I'm looking at Kevin De Bruyne now. Um, for me, looking at the fixtures now, I need a play. I know he scored in his last game, but you know he's playing the full ninety minutes now. We are. Everyone always goes on about you know Pep Roulette and you know who's he going to pick, but it's you know nine times out of ten, Kevin De Bruyne is going to be that player that is going to be picked. Um, and I feel like I looked at, I think I saw a stat not so long ago about Man City's fixtures, previous fixtures at home to Burnley. And it's been like, <laughs> if he's going to, you know, if five he's going to score, it? it's been, it's been like, you know, five, five nil jobs nils, yeah. very, very often. Um, so 
And I think, it, of course, he's he's got the potential for assists as well. And I think a lot of people have had um, Bruno Fernandes, and they've cons- yeah. well, I do. And there's a lot. Of, I know that you, a lot of people have Salah, like I do, and a lot of people, you know, it's fitting that price, you know, that expensive player in, and who if you've got space for it. But I think with the fixture turns, as we've mentioned, I think City, from a City point of view, Kevin De Bruyne looks like the safer option. Of course, he's not the cheapest, but mm. unless, of course, you want to be, a, you know, take a bit more of a gamble on the likes of maybe Foden or. It's just really, I don't know about you, Lewis, but any other midfielders for Man City just give me a headache. like Because you don't know if Mahrez is going to play. And if he does, he could probably score. But it's just that uncertainty for me that puts mm. puts me off. Yeah, it's just, I think, obviously, uh, a lot of the community are obviously debating the, the City midfielders at the moment. And they are, yeah, they're a lot cheaper than De Bruyne, but obviously they come with more uh, risk of rotation. I think, obviously, it, it, the City... The city uh, Midfielders are, are mainly looked at during a wild card period because obviously, uh, we during a wild card, you know, you can get sort of those uh, nailed bench players in. So if you if your city punt doesn't work out, then you you know you've got a you've got a decent option coming off the bench. So if I was wild carding, I would probably yeah, I would probably most probably take a punt on maybe Foden or Mares or Torres, but. I think I just look at it personally. I think that is a transfer waiting to happen. Um, so although you've got great fixtures ahead, you've got three fantastic fixtures for City ahead. You know, they, they might only get one of those games. You know, or you know, because obviously Champions League's in the middle of that as well. So yeah, I think in terms of City defensively, that's where I would be looking at. I do, I do like the thought of KDB. Although I, I think I need. I think I'd rather find some someone somewhere else in terms of the price. Um, but yeah, I probably wouldn't be massively against the punt on the likes of Foden, Mares, or Torres. But just know that you know he's going to be so whoever it is is going to be a bit of a nightmare, and, and and it probably it might not work out the way you want it to work out. They never do, do they? Um, City attackers, which is you know I think it's it's which is why it's uh, popular. In, in, in terms of, um, you know, Pat Roulette and everyone just being stressed out about it. But, uh, but yeah, Chelsea attack. Um, obviously, Lukaku. Um, a lot of people own Ronaldo now and the United fixtures are, are swinging. OK, maybe don't hate the Leicester fixture because of this week um, because they've obviously been defensively woeful. Um, but then they go on to play Liverpool, Tottenham and City. So, I mean, do I want to hold 12 point whatever it is for Ronaldo when I could get an 11.5 or 6 for, for Lukaku? Probably not. Um, I do like Lukaku. Uh, I do I do like the look of Lukaku. Um, I'm not in a rush to get him in against Brentford because Brentford might be, be tough. But then you look at Norwich at home, I just feel like that, it, it would, it, that for me, I would probably captain Lukaku against Norwich because Norwich are just horrendous, aren't they? Um, yeah, it's, it's just balancing it, isn't it? Because if you where go are you at with, with with Lukaku? Well, my original plan was to have Lukaku. Um, I had there is talk he has muscle fatigue, isn't there? Um, currently, so yeah. is he going to be playing for against Brentford? I don't know. Um, I'm kind of I've kind of taught myself into bringing in KDB to be perfectly honest. Oh, really? Because I have Bruno Fernandes. The original plan was to downgrade Bruno Fernandes for me and upgrade 
one of my strikers. Um, mm. But I don't know what it is, but something's telling me to to get to get KDB in. Um, but like you say, them them Chelsea fixtures, you know, Norwich, Newcastle, and Burnley, Lukaku. You bang a couple of goals in each of them, so it's just about you know balancing your squad and depending on where you've got your money at, how many transfers it will be to actually bring him in, because um, you don't really want to be taking hits yeah. like minus eights to bring the players in. So, okay, so we've we've pretty much covered Chelsea and and Man City. Um, I just want to mention obviously that Mason Mount he he could be a good option going into this week. I think I don't think any. Uh, I think the only players to create more big chances than Mason Mount this season in all positions is Bruno and Salah, and I think they've played two games more. Um, so they've created five apiece, and Mount's created four. Um, obviously, the only problem is we need that to start ticking. We need Lukaku to start firing uh, these big chances away, and I think I think they will with the obviously with the with the you know the easier fixtures coming up with Brentford, Norwich, Newcastle, Burnley. What about uh, Timo Werner, Lewis? Yeah, no, I've heard... Oh, God. <laughs> he's, he's been getting... A, his recent form has been slowly on the mend, maybe. Yeah, I, would... I, I don't know. I feel like I put out a tweet about Werner a couple of nights ago and it's just sort of like everyone's talking about Werner now and not just because of me, but I think if you look at Werner's stats, I think he's scored seven goals in the last ten matches and I think five of those seven goals have been for Germany. Obviously, Werner plays in a more advanced position for Germany as well. So, he's just a no-go. Yeah, I wouldn't advise going for Werner because, one, he's a, ro- a huge rotation risk. Huge. Like People don't understand how big of a rotation risk Werner is, especially with players like Ziyech and Pulisic. Pulisic's back now as well. So, yeah, God knows what's going to happen there. But, yeah, um, moving on, uh, there's there's a couple more options I would just want to talk about. You know, we already discussed... Uh, we already discussed Brantford as a team. Um, after Chelsea, they go on to play Leicester, Burnley, Norwich, Newcastle, Everton, Tottenham, Leeds and Watford. So that's a quite a nice run. But I think irregardless of fixtures or, you know, yeah, fixture difficulty, um, there's a couple of assets. Well, a lot of Brantford assets that have proved really good value for many Um so I don't know if you want to lead us with this one, Max, and, and see what you think on Brentford. Yeah, I mean, the, the first two players, of course, that will come into most people's minds is... I can't even pronounce his bloody name. Mbemo. Mbemo. Are we still not pronouncing this right after seven yeah. weeks? Mate, I think I've said his name before and I've pronounced him right, but but maybe today my mouth's not working properly. And Tony is the other player that's more easy to pronounce. But the fact that... The first player I mentioned plays in midfield, um, and you know that, and he's play, he plays a very more um, in a more attacking role for Brentford, mm. near enough as you know a striker. That's definitely a good value there. And even Tony, like we mentioned, I know he's um, six point four million now, but in terms of his creativity as well, and if he's not scoring, he's 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 helping his teammates out to create chances. So them two, um, and we've seen they've done it against the big teams and. I feel like they're definitely worth the price. Definitely worth the price. And they yeah. can help you get getting some better players in as well. Definitely. I think, obviously, we look at those fixtures, Brentford. Um, okay, Chelsea. Chelsea's a tough game. Um, so I, I would potentially avoid this week, unless it was for like a sort of longer period, which it would be because, you know, after Chelsea again, Leicester, Burnley, uh, Norwich, Newcastle. I really like those fixtures. And I think, 
Brentford, the Brentford assets have shown that fixtures don't massively sort of put them off returning. Just, just so if we just take a look at some of their assets, the, the highest, uh, the highest scoring Brentford players this season with thirty-eight points, joint top are Janssen and Pinnock. Two interesting defensive options that we've not really mentioned. In, in fact, the top four, three of them are defensive options with Raya um, as a goal. You know, the, Raya the goalkeeper as a as another option. Um, what do you think about defensive wise? Because obviously, we've seen Brentford, you know, be this really tight defensive unit this season, and and yeah, they've just looked really good. And and obviously with with Pinnock scoring thirty eight points, and he's only worth four point six million. It's great, isn't it? It's great value for many, surely. Yeah, I mean, what they kept three clean sheets out of, out of the um, out of the you know six, six or seven games they mm. seven games they played, and it's for the price four point you know Janssen's four point six million. I mean, it's you know they're they're cheap they're cheap players, and and especially some of the some of the price tags we're looking at in terms of other players in that sort of. A bit higher up. So if you look at a player that I own is you know Creswell, he's at you know five point five million. Uh, you know Luka Digne um, for Everton. There's a lot of players that are a bit in that kind of price bracket above that are not doing as well. And if you like, you said in terms of some of these Brentford players, they're, they're getting the bonus points. If it's not a, you know, if it, if they don't get a goal, they they're getting the bonus points. Um, mm. And like you said, you know Pinnock's got, you know he's got an assist. He's got, he's got you know he's got a goal. So you know I think. Um, yeah, they're looking. They're looking at some decent options in the Brentford uh, back, back line. Um, it's just about who, who you would want to. You know, you could use that as a potential way to gain some more funds. So if you wanted to perhaps downgrade, maybe to Shaw. But I mean, the thing is, it's difficult because you look at the fixtures and and maybe that will they will they continue this kind of run in terms of you know more attacking? Is it kind of a lucky start? But then saying that if they've done if they've got some you know returns against some of the better sides in these in this kind of initial set of fixtures, then you would argue that why can't they continue? So definitely one to monitor. Yeah, a hundred percent. And I think you look at the, the highest scoring defenders and Janssen and Pinnock are both in the top five with Cancelo, Alonso and Diaz. So Pinnock and Janssen have actually scored, returned more points than Asma Equator, Rudiger, uh, Trent, Trent, Duffy, Van Dijk, Laporte, Raguelon. The list pretty much goes on and on and on. But again, for two Brentford, um, two Brentford defenders to be in the top five scoring, uh, you know, top five scoring defenders for points is pretty pretty impressive considering the 4.6 million so in terms of wildcard obviously we've, we've spoken a couple about we've spoken about uh, Abuemo as, as well and Tony who definitely on my radar um, easily could be sat and forgets for the entire season right or at least one of them um, I mean firstly who if you had a wildcard which three would you triple up on Brantford one defensive two defensive one attacker what would you do I wouldn't triple up I would probably go for either one Mbemo or Tony, one or the other, and then I'd, I'd if you wanted to, I'd go for a def, you know one of the defenders. I would. I know they've had a good start, and the, the points currently show, you know, they're doing they're doing well. But mm. do I think it could last the rest of the season? I'm not 100 percent sure. So for me, yeah, two at a maximum. What would what who who would you go for? Say if you were wildcarding right now, who would you go for? I'd say Tony and Pinnock. Mm. 
I do. Yeah, like that would be my options. Yeah, I think because a lot of people are obviously looking at Sanchez in the team and thinking, okay, there's a, there's clean sheets there every so often, but we're only getting we're only seeing one or two saves tops per match, and actually, Raya, the Brentford keeper, is 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 leading Sanchez, but only by five points. But the fact that he's he's leading would 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 you include Raya on your wild card over Sanchez? Nah. Yeah. <laughs> Only because I'm just watching that Brent, that Brighton side. I've, they look, they look very. Their formation is tricky to play against, mm. and I, I, I really, I was really impressed when I watched Arsenal play against them. So for me, I, and the fact that Sanchez is kind of a proven asset, I feel I think it's more of a slightly um, a less risk picking him. But you know, Brentford, as we as we've shown, you know, they like you just said, they've they've got some got some good potential there. Mm. I think I really like Pinnock, definitely. I mean, you don't just get in the top five uh, scoring defenders, you know, you know, f- you know, without putting in some good, um, good performances as a team. I mean, they've got some great fixtures, long-term fixtures coming up as well. And I just look at Brentford at the moment, and I just feel like they they could be the new leads. So, you know, the, the, we've got the defenders that are really, really cheap, similar to how Ailing, well, Dallas was a. You know, he was a rarity in FPL. But in terms of Tony, uh, Tony instead of Bamford and Bremo instead of Raf Rafinha. Obviously, Rafinha is still at that price, that you, you know, that you can sort of keep. I, I just sort of looking at them and thinking, are they the new leads? Are they the new cheap go-to assets? What do you think? I don't know if we can compare them just yet to Leeds. I mean, Leeds, some of them assets, uh, like the Bamfords and the... Um, Dallas, I mean, but but you know we've looked so far this season in terms of what they've done. You know they scored three against Liverpool. You know they beat Arsenal. I mean, some might say that's not a massive uh, achievement, but you know mm. they they've got they've got points. They've they've shown up so far, and you know they're beating sides and not conceding. I think that that shows that you know they've got their ability to convert chances and also. You know, keep it strong at the back. I mean, Mbemo and Tony, they don't. I think sometimes when you see promoted sides, you know, they look. Some of their players, you know, look like championship players. Look like they are they ready for the step up or you know. And I've looking at some a lot of the Brentford players. They look like they're a team that that aren't gonna. If they get, you know, that they, they look like a team that can definitely stay up um, for mm. sure. Um, so, yeah. One more question before we move on to on, on from Brantford. I mean, a lot of uh, a lot of people are sort of considering this in the um, in in the FPL community. Um, who do you go for? Who are we going for? Do we go for Tony or do we go for Embuemo? Considering price as well and formation and stuff. I know obviously a lot of people have got their own specific situations, but who are we picking out of them two and why? That's it's a difficult one because it depends what your current your current strike force is like. For for example, if you have like um if you have maybe Antonio and Lukaku, then it's likely that you're not going to be able to afford Tony. Um, on the other hand, if we look at Bumbemo, he's playing in a kind of a striking sort of. He's playing very far up the pitch. He's not mm. really playing as a midfielder, and of course, as we know, midfielders get more more points for goals. Um. But on the other hand, I feel like Tony is kind of central to everything good about Burnley. Uh, Burnley, Bright, uh, can't even get the team right. Brentford. Yeah. So in terms of, and also I feel like he's less likely to be taking off um, 
we've seen you know Mbemo being taken off a few times, um, and of course Tony's on on penalties. So that might just you know if you've considered, I know he's what one point one point or one million or zero point eight more, whatever it may be, um, and of course he's not getting as many points for a goal. But for me, I would I own Tony at the moment, um, but it is. So for me, I'm kind of I'm more one sided towards him, but I can yeah. completely understand why people are going from Mbemo. I'm slightly jealous that you own Tony. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, it, it is a difficult decision, isn't it, between the two? Because obviously they both have um, they both have sort of advantages in certain in, in specific people's t- in individual teams. Um, Tony, obviously, he's the penalty taker. He just feels like the talisman, but. Again, there's so much value up front, whereas in midfield, I feel like a lot of midfielders are sort of dipping off now. You know, the likes of Greenwood, uh, Yotta, Mount's not really been at it with the injury and stuff. So it does feel easier to bring in Embuemo because a lot of people have probably got that midfielder that they're not keen on or they're not happy with in terms of form. Um, so, in example, for an example, in, in my team, I've I've got Triore, you know, who's just not, um, he's not even starting at the moment. He's a big problem in my team, and um, I've got and I've got a lot of them. Um, but yeah, it, it just feels in my specific situation easier to go for Embromo because there's that midfielder that's not particularly performing. Uh, any? Oh, I know, I know. We've obviously looked at Arsenal briefly in the fixtures. I think it was me that mentioned it, actually. Who, because obviously I'm looking at someone specifically at the moment, and I really like the look of that Crystal Palace home game. I mean, I know a lot of people would look at that and think, OK, Crystal Palace have improved. They are better. But something just tells me that, you know, they they could take a beat in Palace in any given match. Um, so, I mean, who are you looking at? At Arsenal, right in, in the Arsenal team right now for, for for those fixtures, would you would you just avoid them or what? what well, what would you do on the fact that I have two Arsenal players currently? Um, I'm definitely not avoiding their fixtures. Um, White, for example, four point four million. Um, okay, many people joke about Arsenal being a top team or not, but regardless of you know where your position is, you've got to agree that you know we do look better with. Tommy Asu now in there at right back. Tierney centre back. You know, well, I think uh, centre back, left back. I think we look as a kind of the, the back four. We got Gabriel and uh, you know White there. We we look a bit more solid. Um, and I feel, also think the addition of Ramsdale has helped. Um, so from a defensive point of view, at four point four million, I think he's great value. Um, uh, moving on to if it, a midfielder or striker wise. You know, I'd probably stay stay clear of any of our strikers. But midfield-wise, we have got a lot of options. Now, I've currently got Odegaard. Now, I know a lot of people are looking at Emil Smith-Rowe. Um, Odegaard is a difficult one because he, he normally plays in the cam position in that mo- but recently has been being brought off. Um, and Emil Smith- Because Emil Smith-Rowe has looked livelier, to be perfectly honest. You know, the way he plays, you know, he got a goal in, I know, under-21s. Uh, but he... he he moves the ball. He wants to make things happen, similar to Saka. Okay, and I just want to—I just want to mention the fact that I am looking at um, Emil Smith Rowe. So yeah. I just wanted to ask you, in terms of minutes, what do we expect him to play? Because we've already talked about Embuemo, but I'm not 100 percent on bringing him in against Chelsea. If I need to this week, again, I'll go through my issues shortly. Just a little bit worried about um, Smith Rowe's minutes. 
Well, at the moment, I don't see it. I mean, we will likely... You probably have a Bamiyan up top. He put Odegaard and Cam, and he put Saka on the right and Smithrow on the left. And then, you know, and he put Conga and Partey in centre defensive midfield. That's the likely lineup I can see against against Palace. I mean, we've still got the likes of, um, you know, Lacazette and Pepe, and we've seen in the past um, where when he's wanted to play Lacazette and Bamiyang, he's put a Bamiyang on the left. Now, in my opinion, I would say, would would that mean then Smith Rowe gets shifted out? I would say it's more likely that Odegaard gets shifted out, to be perfectly honest. Mm. Um, it's, but for the moment, I would say, you know, at, if, at his price range, I know it's it's one where you're like, do you know what? Oh, I'm not sure. But you've got City players that are people taking gambles on that are more expensive. And I know City are kind of a more, more formidable team in terms of an attacking point of view. But I think we've seen Smith Rowe so far and we've seen him last season do very well. So for me, I would say, you know, it's it's worth worth a shot, Lewis, to be perfectly honest. Mm. I, I just look at Smith Rowe and I think he feels like a sort of seven, eight million pound midfielder, but he's priced at five point what is it, five point four million? Yeah, I just five point five million, yeah. I just think if he's if he's okay, Arsenal aren't great all the time, but that's that he he's that good that he can make Arsenal play, isn't he? And I just think with a lot of the options in midfield sort of digressing at the moment you've got the likes of Ben Rama and if you've got Antonio you know you don't really need Ben Rama again especially because they've got tough fixtures and Europa ahead you know you've got the likes of Greenwood who's just it looks like he's about to be dropped you've got Yotta with Firmino back how you know how many minutes is he, is he going to play and obviously moving to ESR you you know you you, you save about two million you know in, in midfield that you could put at the back or the front so yeah, I'm he he's one that I'm considering at the moment from Arsenal. So just on the subject of uh, what we're going to do, let's just quick, quickly move on to the the game week preview. Let's obviously because there's a lot of press conferences left. There's a lot of flags, but just to give listeners an idea of you know uh, backup plans or you know stuff like that. Yeah. So my team, Lewis, um, Sanchez and goal against Norwich. So, yeah, that will not be changed. I've got a flag at currently for Alexander-Arnold. I've got Ben White. I've got a flag against Rudiger. I've got Creswell at the back. So, currently, I've got four at the back. I've then got Yotta, Salah, Bruno Fernandes and Odegaard. And then I've got Tony and Antonio up top. Now, my potential move that I discussed earlier in the pod is Bruno to KDB. I've currently got... One free transfer, and I was, and I've actually got, um, I've got one point five million in the bank as well. Now, I was try. There's a potential for me, depending on how I'm feeling. You know, if I'm feeling a bit risky, is to take out Creswell and upgrade mm. him to Cancelo because I, I feel like, like yeah, I, like that. I know it's a minus. I know it's minus four, but then I'm thinking to myself, well, is as much as I really like Creswell, and I feel like he could get you know a really big return in time soon. Everton have looked good, and I feel like you know away at Everton is going to be difficult. So yeah. potentially, I'm looking at a blank there anyway. Um, whereas I feel like Cancelo is going to get make up that four points potentially with a clean sheet, and then of course you've got the potential of an attacking return with an assist or a goal. So that's my current plan in terms of potentially him, Bruno. <sighs> 
is 11.8 and KDB is 11 point, you know, I think it's 11.9. So, you know, it's just, I feel like if I do that, then I kind of, my original plan to get Lukaku and attack them, some of them fixtures for Chelsea is kind of a little bit out the window. If, I mean, if I was to do it, I could take out Antonio and then try and um, downgrade Yotta potentially. But of course we know Antonio is kind of, you know, he's been great this season. Um, I've got Rafinha on the bench. Um, because, you know, it doesn't look like he's going to be back. And then the other people on the bench are not worth mentioning, to be perfectly honest. So, yeah, that's my current team and plan for the for the game week ahead. Well, it sounds like you've, you've, you're not too bad. It sounds like you've got a good, you know, a solid idea of what you want to do. Mine's a little bit difficult, though, and it's, it's quite depressing to look at, especially with 238, 39 points on the bounce. So my bench... Um, firstly, and it's important that I mention my bench, it's Traore first up, Williams who got dropped last week for Norwich and actually got a clean sheet, and Sissoko who we know is not an, a, a very good player so, well he's a good player but he's not probably a good asset, yeah I mean yeah in terms of FPL, he's not he's not, he's not someone that you you know, you, uh, you jumps out at you isn't it yeah. Yeah. you would play as an FPL manager um, now looking at my team that I have got I've got Luke Shaw I've got Rudiger flagged. I think Rudy. I think Rudiger will be okay. Um, he 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 get he get run over and still play the next game. I think uh, Marcel, not an issue. Trent he got cleared today, so Trent and Yotta have been cleared tonight by Klopp. Um, Yotta slightly surprised by. I don't own Yotta. I just just saying it to you because obviously I know you mentioned you had Yotta. Oh, yeah. Um, Rafina in the middle, so already a player. That's a highly likely not to play. Ben Rama against Everton, not ideal because I've got Antonio, but just got to go with it. Bamford, uh, my second issue. So I've got Rafina who's away playing for Brazil, and I've got Bamford who I've not had a transfer, I've not had an injury update from. So that's two potentials um, that are not playing. So take into account that I've still got Luke Bloody Shaw. <laughs> Your favourite player. Back. I just can't get rid of him. I literally can't get rid of him. He's just going to stay on my team all season, looking at me and scoring bloody one points all season. I think the difficult thing is if when you've got... I think we've discussed it before in terms of what to tackle first. I mean, sometimes when you've got in a position where you've got a player playing, then that's like, do you know what? He's playing. I know he's not ideal at the moment, but like you said, currently, if you've got a few flags and your uncertainties, because he's likely to play, he might be one of those where you have to tackle in a couple of weeks, maybe. Yeah. And it's annoying because obviously, sure, he's just bloody annoying. Um, but primarily, it's Bamford and Rafina. Obviously, I want to hold Rafina. The lead fixtures are really good, and he'll be back if he doesn't play this week. He'll be back definitely next week. Bamford's a little bit more um, of an issue because, okay, even if he wasn't injured, is he is he value for any eight point whatever million? When you know I've got, I'm looking at the likes of Tony, I'm not too sure, but he's injured, so he he potentially won't play, and I can't rely on my bench because I've got Triore on the bench, so it's it's very much looking like a minus four hit this week and which way I go it goes I don't know if Bamford is okay um, then I'll obviously have to move Raf to the bench and I'll have to do a minus four now to get from Shaw to Cancelo I have to make a minus four move which benefits the team long term anyway 
because that minus four would be Triore to Emil Smith Rowe. So Emil Smith Rowe, I intend to keep him for weeks and weeks and weeks. You know, he's he would he wouldn't be as long as he's nailed, he wouldn't be someone that I take out. I just leave him in. He'd be capable of scoring against anyone in the league, I think. So in terms of that minus four, I think ESR is totally worth it. And I think Shaw to Cancelo, great. Because then with Cancelo coming in for Shaw and ESR coming in for um, Triore, it just means that I can bring Raf back in next week. That's if Bamford is playing. If he's not playing, I've got a big Wouldn't it just mean Triore would come in? Well, no, because Triore is not starting at the moment. That's... That's the problem. But then I guess you could argue, you know, after the... I thought I was surprised that he didn't get brought on because I felt that they that they needed him last game. So you could argue that perhaps there might be a chance for you that he might actually get more minutes this game. But we'll have to see. It's just a tough one. It's just frustrating. I'm just sick of frustrating players like Shaw and Traore. I'm just... It just feels like I'm not getting rid of them quick enough, if that makes sense. Oh, 100%. Um, uh, but yeah, and, and the, pro- the issue is if I... If Bamford doesn't play, it creates a very big problem for me because then I'm looking at trying to hold Rafina and Bamford and then relying on Triore and Williams off the bench who were both not starting. So then it would be then I'd be having to look at, you know, Bamford for Tony maybe and Triore for ESR and keeping Shaw for Leicester and I really, really don't want to. <laughs> You never know, um, Sean Mike suddenly, I mean, the thing is, I feel like at the moment, like recently, I just feel like it, United are not going to keep a clean sheet. That's why I ended up getting rid of him. I was like, I've had enough of him because I just, I could just sense it. But yeah, it's a difficult one. Um, it depends on what, what kind of issue you need to tackle first. Yeah. With the, and hopefully, maybe we'll get some clarity, you know, over the next couple of days about yeah. Bamford and a few other players. Preferably Bamford starts, because if Bamford starts, I can rely on him for the next three to four game weeks. If he doesn't if he doesn't start, I physically can't hold Rafina and Bamford. I just can't do it, especially with Traore, Shaw, Williams. The bench is just not there. Um but yeah, anyway, we'll wait for updates. We'll see we'll see what happens and obviously me and you will update our teams on Twitter. Um I just want to quickly move on to pick free um so the pick free winner this week was someone called nibbin if i said that right um so make sure you give him a shout out he had a he had a great week when everyone had a really poor week it was a really low scoring week um he had some great players so yeah give him a uh, give him a follow on twitter that's at nipper chan that's at N-I-P-P-A-C-H-A-N, at Nipperchan. So, yeah, big well done there. Obviously, pick three returns this week from the international break. So, yeah, looking forward to that. And obviously, we're getting a lot more players in now. It's taking me hours to mark these scores as well. So, we're looking at, I think, two, I think the max, I think two weeks ago, I think we had 200 players. So, I've actually got, I've actually got to work out their totals and reply to it. So, yeah, if the group... A bit of an admin task there. Oh, <laughs> Admit the growth is nice, but um, I mean I can't complain, can I? It's part of it's part of the game. So yeah, let's just uh, focus on your dodgy differential before we end the pod. Yeah, so my dodgy differential this week was Adams from Southampton, and I don't believe he even played. Um, and my differential was a Bamiang, and unfortunately he did not score. Um, Josh was correct with both of his picks. Um, 
He's he, a good he, lad, isn't he? He predicted Mbemo, and what did he do? He got he got the goal. Um, so yeah, differential pick was right. And even though I said to said to Josh, I wasn't happy with his dodgy differential pick was Odegaard, and of course I own Odegaard, <laughs> but he was right. You know, Odegaard didn't do it against Brighton, and Brighton looked very good against us. So, yeah, um, I will release the the next video for dodgy differential later this week with the next member of the community's picks. Yeah, so just a, just a heads up, Josh Jones, is it, Max, that that um, was involved this week? Yes, yes uh, subscribed by. Uh, subscribed by, by JK. JK, which is his at is his handle. Yeah, so make sure you give uh, Josh Jones a follow. That's at scribed by Jay, um, and he's doing some he's doing really, some really interesting stuff at the moment. So he's doing um, some really cool graphics and XG graphics, and he's doing some other cool stuff as well. So make sure you give Josh um, a follow. Um, another interesting guest, I imagine, lined up for next week, Max. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. I'll, uh, I'll release have you, got, have, you, have you got a guest? Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> now, do you know what? It's going to be hard. It's going to be more difficult towards the end of the season. You know, and I, I'm because so, obviously, you know, there's this thirty-eight, you know, however many game weeks. You know, there's <laughs> that's a lot of guests. Um, but yeah. yeah, we'll see how it goes. Okay, so hopefully, Max, a uh, a really good week um, for both of us next week. Yeah. But yeah, and obviously, just want to say thanks to the listeners again. Um, again, make sure you look out for our page this week. This is where we're going to be putting um, all most of our content on and stuff. Um, only FPL content that is, because obviously I produce some UCL stuff as well, which I won't include. Um, so yeah, keep an eye out for that. Uh, Max, it was great catching up with you. Hopefully, everything's okay at home and stuff now. You feeling a lot better and stuff uh, now that you're not isolating. Yeah, much better, much better. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to the next game week and hopefully some green arrows for us both. Well, I'll tell you what I would appreciate. Uh, the neighbours actually stop ordering from Amazon um, because <laughs> I am constantly having to accept their, their parcels at the moment. And there's one downstairs literally the size of a door that's actually blocking the door and it weighs a ton. No, I just wouldn't do it. I wouldn't do it. I'd be like, do you know what? Just not answer the door. If you know you ha- you haven't got a parcel turning up, they'll be like, "I'm sorry, mate. I- Who's the parcel for?" Yeah, they don't live here, mate. <laughs> yeah, just... But I guess it's if you're you want to you want to keep friendly, don't you? You don't want to be. Well, uh... they're quite new neighbours. So oh, really? I feel like you know, it's sort of not, you sort of have to do this kind of stuff. But I mean, it was one or two parcels at, sh- at first, but now it's like. If they're ordering like sheds and you want to have to keep them in your like downstairs like living room, then mate, you need to start having a word. <laughs> I think it. I think it, it got to a point where they were drilling at midnight at night, and I thought to myself, "Why do I keep accepting these big parcels when that's probably what they're drilling?" That's that so drill thought, set that you were looking after for three days that was downstairs. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's, it's still here now. So that it's, literally, there's a big. I know the listeners don't care; they're probably really bored by this, but it's so frustrating parcel after parcel and the size of the parcel that came yesterday jesus christ misses are going sick as well but anyway let's move on let's end the pod there max before i go on a full-blown run before um, we throw some of these parcels out the window yeah i will i deliberate it today i was thinking should i just leave it outside his door but then thought no maybe not good samaritan nurse you are yeah well you know um so yeah it was great catching up max um I'll catch you up again 
during the football we always update each other while the football's on it i'm sure and any more have you got a have you got a match coming up football match yeah yeah i've got a game uh next saturday next saturday in as in oh. a few days time uh so yeah i'm looking forward to that as well try not to um snap anyone in half mate do you know what i'm if the listeners probably don't realize but i'm a bit of a hypochondriac if you if this is your first time listening out like i'm one of those people that it sounds bad but i sometimes if i feel like i'm, I'm a bit achy i'll take an ibuprofen or you know i'll get the deep heat spray out you know I, I, the massage yeah i'm i'm a bit of a <laughs> i go a bit overboard i've had i've had hamstring injuries and all sorts so i'm a bit uh apprehensive so i want to make sure i'm okay <laughs> okay great so we'll leave it there and obviously again thanks for listening um max we'll catch up next week all right mate so catch you See soon you later. cheers